Well, it's truly good to see everybody here today. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm able to be back with you. I missed everyone while I was gone. I uh, hope that you missed me too. Maybe it was a nice vacation. I don't know. But uh, I am thankful to be back. It was uh, <clears throat> quite an experience uh, being with the brethren in Guyana. Um, it, was, uh, it, was, it was different in a lot of ways, um, but uh, it, it was good all together. We, we had a, a good trip. We had uh, several Bible studies and had, I guess, somewhere around oh, 12 baptisms or so, and so that's, that was good. I heard that there was a baptism uh, while uh, we were gone, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, very thankful that that uh, went on, and so um, I'm appreciative of um, all the work that was done while uh, while we were gone. I know uh, some preachers think that congregational life ends uh, when they're gone. Now, I'm not one of those guys. I think uh, I think that uh, the work of the church is something we do together, you know, and, and that the preacher is just a preacher, and uh, and so I'm, I'm thankful. That everybody here uh, was uh, active and involved uh, while uh, uh, while we were away, and I'm thankful that um, I'm able to be back with you. Just uh, really happy. Another thing I'm really happy about is uh, today is a special day uh, for me and my wife. Uh, we have been married for nine years now, and um, for me it's gone by really quick. But she said it has been really long. So no. She didn't say that. She might have thought it. I don't know, but she. We um, we have been married nine years, and we have four beautiful children. I pray that um, we'll get many more years together, and so I'm thankful that uh, we've been able to spend uh, that much time together. And and uh, I know some of you have been married much longer than that, and uh, I uh, I'm I'm looking forward to being where you are now. And being able to, to say I've been married for 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 years and, and um, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just thankful for that. Maybe we'll make it to 100 years together. That'd be good. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm very thankful uh, for that. Uh, I want to mention something this morning. Uh, I am planning on doing questions and answers next week. So go ahead and get your questions. If they're really too hard, I want to make sure that Brother Vic has an opportunity to uh, get up and answer those since he likes to throw me under the bus a little bit. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. But this afternoon, uh, after our fellowship meal, I'm going to give a, a little presentation on the work uh, that we did this past week. And so um, I hope that you can stay for that. And I want to also say before we start the lesson that, um, you know, we... we uh, it was a blessing um, to be a part of this congregation at the time of uh, raising funds to go. I have never uh, been in a position where I was here. Uh, I asked the congregation. I, I like to do that. I like to ask the congregation if individuals want to give. And I have never been in a place where my whole trip was paid for by the congregation. And that is a, 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 just a, a good commendation to the congregation here. That people love the work so much that they will give to it. And um, that you should all be commended for that. And, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll be able to go again next year. And uh, so, so just consider that. And, and um, also there's something that, that we didn't do but we could have done is uh, we could have uh, raised money. They have a children's home. We'll talk more about that this afternoon. 
Um, but that's another thing. I know a couple of guys, they raised extra money and they took it down to the children's home, which they could definitely use that. And so um, uh, just thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, this congregation has blessed us in more ways than one. And um, blessing to the kingdom is what, what you are. So thank you. I remember a couple of stories. One, one I know to be true and one I know is probably a story, but I'm sure something similar has happened before. But I remember uh, one time this preacher, uh, he was going to go to, uh, to visit a, a family, and he went to the family's house, and, and uh, he sat down with the family and, and said, uh, uh, said, you know, just come to visit, come check in on this, uh, you know, these, these members of the church. And, and so the mom uh, said, you know, let's, uh, you know, she's trying to be impressive. And she says, sweetie, why don't you go get the good book? You know, and so the child goes off into another room, and a couple minutes later, it comes back with the TV guide. Yeah, you know where the importance is then, right? You know. But another thing is, someone uh, wrote a, a letter, and this I know to be true. Uh, they wrote a letter uh, to a preacher one time, and they asked, uh, they asked how uh, to keep the leather on the outside of a Bible conditioned. You know, you know. Sometimes you'll see uh, Bibles that um, after years they are, you know, drying out and the leather's cracking and whatnot. And they want to know uh, what it is that they should put on these Bibles in order to keep them uh, from doing that. And they said palm oil. Now, not palm tree oil, palm oil. And that is actually the case. You want to condition your leather on the Bible, you've got to use it. The natural oils from your skin will keep that thing conditioned. And I, I know for a fact that that's what it does because I have several Bibles in my office. And one I had that um, I got when I graduated from high school. And you know what? I don't use that Bible anymore. And it is starting to show age when at the time I stopped using it, it didn't. And so that is very true. Now I want to tell you this morning, this sermon is all about... How to get more out of your Bible. And so there, there are some easy points here. Number one is this. You need to read it. Now, we have the daily Bible readers thing here, and that's, that's good. But Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And that is not only hearing, as in with our ears, but hearing with our mind. And that happens also through reading. And so we need to read the word of God. I, I like the daily reading thing, and... And, um, uh, you know, that's what, you know, we do in our household as well. We, we uh, try to read the Bible every day. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's interesting, though, when you think about it. Uh, there is a book out, and I don't know some of you probably think this is just way out there, but there's a book called How to Read a Book. Yeah. I know it sounds weird, but it is a must-have. It is a must-have. You want to, to read a book and comprehend it? then this book actually guides you in being able to do that. And so there are some easy points. Uh, one is, is that you go through the whole book reading. You go through the table of contents. You read the table of contents. Then you go through the whole book and you read the section titles. You don't read what's in there. You read the section titles. 
And then you go back through and you skim the book. You just start looking through things and just kind of flipping through and just kind of skimming through the book. And then finally you sit down and you read the book. And actually, if you think about those things, I have had to do that several times when uh, uh, in college having to read something and read it to comprehend it. And you will not even believe how much that helps. It helps you tremendously. And so that's what we need to do when it comes to the Bible. Sometimes we have those little little sections, that the, those little uh, headings there. And if you have those heading, use, headings, use those to your advantage. Now, mine doesn't, and some people's don't as well. But if you have those headings, use those to your advantage. It helps you uh, to understand what you're reading and to remember what you're reading. Another thing is this, is that I, I know that just as well as you do is that you can read for only so long, right? You can read for only so long. You get tired. Your eyes get tired. And I know I've done that quite a bit. Uh, you know, but there are some ways to get over that hurdle of just reading something and reading it, uh, reading more, uh, reading for longer periods of time. And so there's, there's one thing that you need to do, and that is to focus on what you are doing. Now, um, your mind tends to wander. And so you can do things to help you focus. Now, sometimes people will take a, uh, a, a little bookmark or whatever, and they'll put it under the line that they're reading, and that's good because it helps you focus. It also helps you to read faster. I don't know if you knew that. And uh, contrary to popular belief, you do not comprehend things better if you read slower. You actually comprehend things better if you read faster. And so when we are reading the Bible, we need to read and have our minds focused. Now, uh, another thing that uh, I, I do is, um, you know, I, I get up and walk around sometimes. Now, if you don't have the coordination for that, it can be dangerous. And I have even run into things a time or two. So I understand. Make sure you're wearing shoes. That's a good thing. So... But get up and walk around. But you know what? If all else fails, you know, get you some caffeine. <laughs> do something. Get you something in you that's going to keep you awake. You know, that's, that's what I do. And, and that's what um, uh, several people have said over, uh, over time. That when we're reading the Bible, we're reading to get something out of it. We're not just reading it. We're, it's not just a novel that we can throw away and we can even forget. It is something that we need to continually Remember, So that leads us to the next point. So we need to read it, but we also need to do something else. We need to study it. You know, that's the downfall about what we, uh, what we do. We're talking about daily Bible readers. You know, really, we need to be considering daily Bible studiers. You know, we, anybody can read the Bible every day, but to study the Bible is, you know, it's, it's much different, right? So we need to study the Bible. You know, uh, during preaching, during things like right now, um, the, there's a big thing that we need to do during Bible class and during preaching, and that is a, a, a little phrase that I heard before, and it's called, be here now. You know, have you ever zoned out in a conversation, and then once you came back to it, you went, oh no, I'm lost. We have moved on, and I have no idea where we're at, and you're just sitting there, and and sometimes the absolute worst thing can happen in those moments. Whenever you zone out and you come back to and they say, well, what do you think about that? And you're like, oh, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know what to think about that. I have no idea where we are. Well, 
We need to be here now. That is a conscious effort. That means that, you know, if I'm tired, I'm going to be doing whatever I can to stay awake. And sometimes that means I'm pinching myself. I'm pinching the palm of my hand or something. I'm trying to stay awake. I'm trying to be engaged. So we need to be here now. But we, we need to do other things here. We need to study the works of the Lord. If you look at Psalm 111 and verse 2, it was a scripture reading this morning. The works of Jehovah are great. Sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. So if we love God and we love His Word, then what are we going to do? We're going to seek after that Word. And the same thing as we, we see in Psalm chapter 1 and verse 2, talking about the blessed man. What does he do? He meditates on the Word of God day and night. You know, he loves the Word of God. He's going to study it. He's going to apply it to his life. Uh, his life. And so, you know, we, we need to study the works of the Lord. You know, God's people are also uh, to study in order to gain wisdom. You know, you want to gain wisdom? Then you need to study the Bible. Look at Proverbs chapter 2 with me. Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 5. It says this. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and lay up my commandments with thee, so as to incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply thy heart to understanding, yea, if thou cry after discernment, and lift up thy voice for understanding, if thou seek her as silver, and search for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of Jehovah, and find the knowledge of God. We need to study God's word to understand it and to have wisdom. We need to study the word of God because by studying the word of God, uh, we know that it is, it's really commanded to us. In 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, in the American Standard Version says, Give diligence to present thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, Handling aright the word of truth. You want to know how to handle the truth right? You have to study it. You have to know what it says. You have to go through and know a lot of other passages of Scripture. I know I've said things like this before, but I've had good friends that were Christians who said something along the lines of, well, how can you know uh, that to be true because the Bible is a big book? Well, I'll tell you what. The Bible is not that big in comparison. You can put those Harry Potter novels all together, and it's bigger than that. So give me a break, guys. You know, Give me a break. If you can read through those things, you can read through the Bible. And guess what? All these people, they know all these theories and stuff about Harry Potter, and fine, that's fine. But you know what? If you can do that, you can apply that kind of a knowledge to the Bible. You can. Don't, don't tell me it's impossible. That's an insult to your intelligence. You know, that's what it is. You know, so, yeah, we can know it. Now, do I, do I think that we could know absolute everything? Do I think that we could apply everything? No, I, I think that the application is endless here. I don't think that any one person could do that. Could a person memorize the entirety of Scripture? I'm sure they could. I've known people who I thought at least had, had most of it down. You know, you could go and you could ask. I, I remember asking Brother Elkins... And just saying, hey, you know, just, just trying it, just trying it. I asked him where an Old Testament passage was, and I knew what it says. I said, hey, uh, do you know what it says in whatever? And I, I gave it to him, and he quoted it back, and I was like, oh, I can't believe he did that. But he did, he did. And he was very, very, very good at quoting Scripture. So, yes, we can know what's in the Word of God. 
And yes, if we studied enough, then we're going to be able to apply it in all sorts of different ways. And, you know, when someone says that, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out here so no one ever says this in this congregation. But when someone says, how can you know that? Because the Bible is a big book. You know what you just told me? You just said, I don't study my Bible. That's what you just said. So we need to not hear that phrase. We need to be studying our Bibles. You think about Ezra. In Ezra 7 and verse 10, Ezra studied the law of the Lord. For Ezra had set his heart to seek the law of Jehovah and to do it. And to teach in Israel statutes and ordinances. And so Ezra studied the word of God. He studied the law of the Lord so that he could teach others also. But also so that he could do it himself. You know, how is it that we're going to be Christians if we have no idea what the word of God says? I know I've studied with people who claimed that they had great faith. And yet, guess what? They didn't even read the word of God. They didn't study the word of God. And so how can you increase in faith without hearing the word of God? Just like we already said, Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is, it is absolutely impossible, brethren. It is absolutely impossible. You cannot do that. We also know in Acts 17 and verse 11 that the Bereans, they studied the scriptures. Now, why did they study the scriptures? Look at this. Now, these were more noble in that they searched the scriptures... Daily. What do they do that for? To whether they to see whether things were so. You know, so what are we doing? You know, if, if I'm getting up here and preaching, I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that people have enough confidence in me to preach the Word of God. I'm thankful for that. But we don't need to let that uh, just be it. You know, because a person could get up here and they could preach and they could teach and they could say something that's wrong thinking it was right, but having no idea about maybe some other passage of Scripture somewhere else. And so we need to check and make sure that everybody who gets up in this pulpit and everybody who teaches our classes, that they are teaching the truth. You know, I, I love I love our elders. I do. But if I'm going to say, well, Brother Vic and Brother Wally, I'm just going to take whatever they say and just go with it. Well, then I, I could find myself in trouble. I could. They could have the best intentions. But I could find myself in trouble because they've taught something and I haven't studied it. And guess what? What kind of a brother in Christ would I be if I didn't search out those scriptures and help correct somebody if they taught something wrong? You know, what we need to have, it's, it's not about being right or wrong. We understand that as far as our personal you know, concern is, you know, I don't need to be preaching the Word of God just because I'm right. Now, that's not the reason to preach and teach. The, the reason to preach and teach is because it is right. Not us, but it. And if we are preaching something that is false and we don't know it, guess what? Our best friend would be the one to tell us. You know, if someone comes and tells us that we have not taught something properly, then that person then becomes your best friend. Because we want to do and to teach what is right. And that is the whole, whole thing that we need to be concerned about. We know that some Jews even study the scriptures without finding Christ at all. Now, that, that's kind of beyond me sometimes. 
I don't quite understand it, but that's what happened. Some people did that. John 5 and verse 39, it says, Ye search the Scriptures because ye think that in them ye have eternal life, and these are they which bear witness of me. So Jesus said, look, you're going out and, and you are looking in the Word of God and, and you profess to know it and you love it. But guess what? Those same Scriptures that you're reading, they're talking about me. Some Jews, they studied without ever finding the Lord. Let's not let that be the case for us, brethren. Let's not let that be the case. Let's study our scriptures to know the mind of Christ and to follow His teachings. We also know that God promises His help also in the study of the scriptures. How do we know that? John 14 and verse 26. But the Comforter, even the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said unto you. John chapter 16 and verse 13. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he shall guide you into all the truth, for he shall not speak from himself. But what things soever he shall hear, these things shall he speak. And he shall declare unto you the things that are to come. And so... The Holy Spirit guided those apostles to write these things down. And they're written in such a way that we can understand it. And so, yes, we have guidance in this way from the Holy Spirit. And that's through the Word of God. All of God's promises are given to us through the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit has made that evident for us. And so we need to follow the Scriptures because they are given directly by God. And so we need, to, we need to read it. We need to study the Bible. But the last thing, you know, I, I don't know if you can point one out more than the other. But if I were, I was going to point this one out. Because we can read it all day long, and we can study it all day long, but we need to apply it. We need to apply the Word of God. Now, application comes in two main forms. That is, direct application. Now, direct application is something like we see in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 28 where it says, uh, Everyone that looketh upon a woman to lust, you know, hath already committed adultery in his heart. And so, that's point in case. You do this, this is wrong. That is direct application. Now, what about indirect application? Like, for instance... When Saul went and visited the witch at Endor, we could talk about a lot of things and apply, you know, we shouldn't associate ourselves with evil. You know, we shouldn't, you know, have a counsel from ungodly. We could go through and we could name all sorts of different applications from that that are indirect. We could, we could talk about, you know, uh, listening to God and, 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 and falling upon, you know, the Word of God instead of, you know, leaning upon other people's understanding. Those kind of things. That's what indirect application is. But also, this. Uh, illustrations. Illustrations. Coming up with illustrations for ourselves help us to apply things. Now, I, I'll, I'll give you an example. I know today, I, I, I don't think that we should have too many illustrations in a sermon. We need the Word of God. And so, while illustrations are good, we don't need to have too many of them. But... When we think of an illustration, you know, some people today, they, 
they think of illustrations as just being bad. Don't, don't have illustrations. Well, that's not true. How can we prove that? Well, the Bible um, has uh, several illustrations in it, and they come in the form of parables. Well, what is that? Well, it's the same thing that we mean by an illustration, and that is that it is a, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's a, a parable. It means to throw beside. And if you were to you know, throw something beside something else, you know, your, your focus is on that object being thrown, but when it lands, it's landing next to something that you really need to see. And so the idea with a parable is, is that Jesus would, would, would give a parable to teach a, a, a deeper message, a deeper lesson. Uh, an example, we have uh, the, the various types of soil. And the Lord gives this parable about sowing the seed and the seed falling on different soil. And, and of course, what is the end result of this? Well, we know for a fact that the end result is uh, that there are different types of soils and those are the different types of people. Those are different types of hearts. The, the Word of God is the seed and the seed is falling on all these different types of soils, but... Only some are, are going to take it. Some are going to take it, and they're going to grow for a little bit, but then they're going to die. Uh, some are not going to have any foundation. Some are, are just going to uh, be eaten up. N- nothing's going to happen with them. And so you think about all these different things. You know, the, the, this parable is showing that, you know, we're different types of soil. And then we have to choose which soil we're going to be. You know, am I going to be good soil or am I going to be bad soil? An indirect application is um, that uh, there are different types of soil and some people will not respond properly to the gospel. Some people, even though they hear it right, they're, they're not going to do it. Another thing that, that we used to do as a youth minister, I was trying to teach young men how to give lessons. And we'd have all sorts of different types of things that we do, but one of the things that we did is we'd have an illustration game. And what that was is uh, we would name an object or a situation, and the point of that was to allow someone else to relate that to the scriptures. Uh, so you know, just a, just an easy application is is you know you have a light bulb and you just say light bulb, go have you know how would you make an illustration out of a light bulb? And you talk about well you know we are the light of the world, and so you know we. We don't want to be hidden, and you got to turn turn the light on and whatnot. And you could go and talk about that and, and all sorts of different ways. And I guess what, guys, you know, if you do that, if you men, if you do that, um, then when you are preaching, you have something to go along with your lesson, some way to help others understand something, some practical application here, some an illustration. So. What do I do, you know, if, you know, someone asks me, you know, if, you know, why I'm a Christian, thinking on this same, uh, same thought process, you know, well, I need to tell them about the Lord, I need to tell them about Christ, but how am I going to do that? Well, think about 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. But sanctifying your hearts, Christ is Lord, being ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason, considering the hope that is in you yet with meekness and fear. And so, brethren, we need to be able to apply the Word of God to our lives for the purpose of being able to help others. 
You know, um, just one of the things I was thinking about on the on the way uh, to and from various places in uh, while I was traveling. And you get on the airplane. If you've ever ridden an airplane, you know they they're always telling you, you know, the safety instructions at the beginning. You know, which I'm always wondering how well this is going to work out if we actually need to do these things. You know. But uh, there's the safety instructions at the beginning, and, and one of the things that the, the, the uh, flight attendant, sorry, you know, I was about to say stewardess, that's not the right term anymore. The flight attendant comes out, and what, and they have the, the little oxygen mask, they hold it up, and it drops down, and they show you how to put it on, and then this thing comes out. They say this phrase every time on every flight I've ever been on. They say, first, you need to secure your own mask, and then... You can help others. Now, what's the purpose in that? Purpose is, look, if you are helping someone else and they are needing oxygen, but you don't secure your own oxygen and you run out, you're passing out. You can't help yourself. And so the point is simple. Help yourself, then help somebody else. Does that sound familiar? That's what we see in the Scriptures. Take care of yourself first, make sure you're in the right, and then help others. That's what we need to do. And brethren, I'll tell you what, you know, if every congregation of the Lord's Church would do that, it would be a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful thing. You know, because the church would be so much stronger if someone would go, you know, because a lot of people do this, right? Well, you know, hey, I I wish so-and-so had heard that sermon. What about you? Did you do that sermon? Did I do that sermon? You know, I'll tell you what, a lot of times when I'm preaching, guys, I'm just, this sermon starts back here. It hits me up behind the back of the head and it goes out to everybody else. Oh, I need it too. Everybody does. And so if we are, are going to do anything as Christians, the number one thing that we need to do after we've studied everything, we've, we've read it, we've studied it, is we need to apply it to ourselves. And if we don't apply it to ourselves, we might as well have not done the other two things. Because it does us no good. It does us no good if we do not apply the Word of God to our lives. Maybe there's someone here who has not yet responded to the invitation and, and has... You know, giving themselves over to the Lord, has been baptized in Christ, and you have an opportunity in just a moment to do that. Maybe it is that you are already a brother or sister in Christ, and uh, you know that uh, you you need to repent of some things, that you just need some prayers. Whatever the case is, we, we want you to make things right with the Lord. And so if there's anybody that needs to do that this morning, please come as we stand as we sing.